and loveliness into her face. My need shall make her rich. Then what of her loneliness? Gone. Gone in the bond between us. Though I shall not have said a word yet. And for my sake she shall wash her face. For she shall then have a reason. And for a while I'll let her mother me. But then I'll grow. And I will take my trumpet voice again. And out of that little room I'll bear my mother. My child. Alive forever. I love a child, but she will not fear me for long now. Look, look, it's almost happening. I am doing a new thing, and don't you perceive it? I am coming among you, a baby, and my name shall be Emmanuel. Rejoice, rejoice. In 2006, Nicaraguan artist Frank de las Mercedes began sending boxes featuring his abstract art to people all across the world. Each box is branded with a label, and the label says this, fragile contains peace. Some say contain love. Others say contain hope. Many call these the priority boxes, and many call these the peace boxes. The boxes are sent to encourage people with the concept of peace and to start a dialogue amongst them and to give them a platform from which to begin action that would lead to peace. The empty boxes are sent upon request to anyone who asks with no charge. They're free. And now five years later... De Las Mercedes has sent worldwide an astonishing 10,000 boxes. It seems we're all looking for peace. It seems that there is this drive within us, whether we suffer in the 21st century poverty of South Sudan, as you've seen, or in the first century grip of Roman rule. And so tonight we've come here to celebrate the fact that we have received a peace package. And unlike Frank's boxes, the one that came to us was not empty. For it always has been God's plan that, that we would enjoy our Creator and, and, and not have hostility between us and Him. It's always been His plan that we would care for each other and not be separated by our selfishness. It was always His plan that we would, en we would enjoy His creation without destroying it. Thousands of years ago, one of his prophets began to declare God's intention for peace for us. And as it unfolded, we began to understand how extreme it was that, that the peace that he had for us. In fact, the prophet said this. He said that, that not only would a wolf and, and a, a lamb be able to coexist, but they would also find rest with each other. Not only would a child be protected from the den, from the, from the nest of a cobra, but that cobra and that child would actually play together in God's plan for peace. 
if that prophet were living today and he would want to share the extremes of this piece with us, he would say that the day would come that a Steeler fan would walk in with a Steeler jersey into the dog pound and they would actually buy him drinks. See, that would be extreme. That the Republicans and the Democrats would actually agree on something. That would be extreme. The prophet Micah, another prophet of that age, declared what this would look like, and he said this, the Lord will mediate between peoples and will settle disputes between strong nations far away. They will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer fight against nation nor train for war anymore. Everyone will live in peace and prosperity, enjoying their own grapevines and fig trees, for there will be nothing to fear. And the Lord of heaven's armies had made, has made this promise. He said, he said, when the peace visits us like that, we will no longer have fear. We will live without fear. We'll live without want of, of shelter or food, and we will share what we have. And he said the amazing thing about this is that the Lord Almighty said, it has already begun. We are in that journey. I listened to that, and I've got to, got to tell you that in my life, there have been plenty of times that I've not had peace. I remember when I was a junior in high school, I got into a fight in the hallway with a kid who was in one of my classes. It started out with an argument, then it went into verbal assault and, and nasty words, and then we got into that, you've, you've seen it, the shoving thing back and forth, and then, and then we, we, we kind of matched up and, and, and began to take swings, and, and, and I understood that this guy was 50 pounds heavier than me, but I was quicker, so I thought maybe, just maybe, I could win this thing. And it was too late to find any peaceful settlement because now the crowd has gathered around us in the hallway and they're screaming for, for somebody to get a beat down. And so here we are. No peace will be found. When suddenly there's this, this, this rush of a person and they, and they come and stand between me and Bruce, the guy that I'm fighting, and, and that person stands there and says, before you, if you think you can get to him, you've got to go through me first. Before you can get to Jack, you've got to come through me. What bravery, what, what, what courage, what compassion, what humiliation. It was my sister. <laughs> now I wanted to beat her down. So tonight, would you just take a moment and think about that which has vandalized your peace? The bills, the economic issues, the the relationship breakdowns, the fear of terrorism. What is it that's, that's vandalizing your peace right now? Don't you just wish that there was someone who would come between you and that thing and say, to get to her, you've got to go through me first? It's happened. And this was the announcement. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep, and suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, I bring you good news. That will be great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. And you'll recognize him by this sign. You'll find the baby wrapped snugly in, cloth, in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. How odd that that baby, born in that stable, 
is the one that Micah had said would usher in a kingdom where there would, we would be without fear. We'd be without want of, of shelter or food. And how could a baby do that? The Holy Scriptures tell us this. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him what? Emmanuel, which means God with us. So the angels began to sing, and what they said was this, that all the way from your kitchen table, all the way to the very top of heaven, this immense God fills every space. And he's come now into your neighborhood to bring you peace, to bring peace to those, the Scripture said, who please God. And that's where I have trouble. Because I feel like there are those moments that I don't please God. Already this week, I have yelled at my computer. I have been very irritated by the drivers around the mall. I want to tell them to go home until you learn how to drive. My wife and I, 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 I've been selfish with her this week. So how do I know that, that God's pleased with me? Because I am not perfect. So who qualifies? This baby would grow up this God in flesh, to tell us who qualifies. And he, and he told us this story, that there was this son who so disappointed his father, he took his inheritance and he left, and he lived such a horrible life that it qualified him for execution. He had messed up so badly. He decided to try to live life on his own, but it all fell apart to the place that he was wrestling with pigs trying to get their food, which is not a good thing for a Jewish boy. And he said, maybe I can go back home and, and be a servant to my father because I don't qualify for, for one to be his son. And the story that Jesus told is that when the son was afar off, the father saw him and ran to him, embraced him, put new clothes on him, put the signet ring of the family on his finger, put sandals on his feet, and invited the entire estate to a welcome home party. Who qualifies? Those who qualify are those who turn around and begin the journey back home to the place that he has created for us. With those, he is well pleased. To those, he promises peace. See, I find it interesting that God did not come to us as a screaming voice or as some kind of earth-shattering judgmental action, but he came to us as one of us so that we would not fear him, so that we would draw near, so that we would feel his love, so that we would hear his invitation. And he himself gave this invitation by saying this. This is how much God loved the world, that he gave his son, his one and only son, and this is why, so that no one would be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. And God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help, to put the world right again. And anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. And anyone who refuses to trust in him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe in the one-of-a-kind Son of God when introduced to him. You see, that God who came close also went deep. He went down into the, into the depths of where evil resides, and he confronted evil. And, and that, that death that says, because you've sinned, you must die. 
And he took mine and your offenses, placed them on himself, and he said, standing between us and that punishment, us and that evil, he said this, before you can get to her, before you can get to him, you've got to come through me. And so evil attacked, and he died. He died with our sins on him. What we know because of his power, three days later, he rose again with our life in him. And that's why he said then to us, you get this. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is the gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or be afraid. See, for those who put their faith in him, who join him on his journey, he is their peace. And here's how peace works. I love the words of Thomas Merton who said this, peace is not something you must hope for in the future. Rather, it is a deepening of the present. And unless you look for it in the present, you will never find it. Peace is what you do with Jesus right now. And so I can tell you by experience, when I feel guilt, when I come to him and say, here's my guilt and I'd like you to take it from me because you said you paid for it, I find that then when I say that, I have peace right then. When I take that which I fear, that that thing that bothers me, the anxiety that I have over my finances or over a relationship or over a job, and I give that to him, I just say, here, will will you please take this and help me work through this? I begin to feel that peace immediately, right now, today. God has sent us a peace box. It's time for us to open it. It's time for us to find in that box the one called the Prince of Peace. And so on our behalf tonight, I want to pray a prayer over us that any of us who are not in peace tonight will take that step of faith and begin a journey with him and say, I don't know how all this works, but I want to give you what I have tonight that is so f- causing such anxiety, and I want to find peace in you this evening on this Christmas Eve. Let me pray over us. Jesus, thank you for coming here. Thank you for coming to this earth to stand between us and that which we should fear and to protect us, for giving your life for us, for rising from the grave so that we can have your power in front of us. And so tonight we take that which causes us anxiety, our own sin, our guilt, our fear of the future, our fear of the present, even our fear of the past. And we lay it into your hands now, knowing that you have come to bring us peace, O Prince of Peace. We give you thanks for that. In your name we pray, amen. Now, you see, the thing about peace is that it's to be shared. So we have been conspiring as a community of faith here in these weeks to not be overrun by the commercialism. And so we've said that we've come together to worship fully. We've come to spend less. And in spending less, we realize that, that things cannot give us peace. And, and to give more because we know that in saving lives, we find this incredible peace. So this evening, we're asking you to join with this community of faith as we're going to send out a package of peace to a place where children have only known war, known war and death and poverty. We tonight are going to bring a, a message of peace to these children halfway around the world, bringing them justice and peace in the name of the Jesus we worship tonight. 
we're going to try to endeavor to bring some hope and peace to the children of South Sudan and to bring them the peace of God. And this is how we're going to do it. We're very excited about the newest nation on planet Earth, South Sudan, the 54th in the African continent, and the newest to join the family of nations. Unfortunately, South Sudan is among the worst when it comes to both mother and infant morbidity. Only 30% of the nation's population have some access to very basic health care. The Juba Teaching Hospital in the capital of South Sudan is in desperate need of a neonatal intensive care unit. Only three neonatal beds currently exist in all of South Sudan. And we have the opportunity of bringing a neonatal unit that will save lives. $60,000 will actually bring a complete unit, central station, training, a year of consumables, uh, warranty for a year, all the things that it will take to get this unit up and running. And, and this is something that, that the hospital is anxious to receive. We feel now that we are human beings in our own land that God has given to us, and we, 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 we are free people. This is really uh, the beginning of a new country from zero, really from nothing. I had the privilege of meeting the former ambassador from Sudan, and we met and he talked to me about the need for this neonatal intensive care unit, how desperate it is. This was confirmed by the Ministry of Health when I met with the officials there. They, they said, this is the greatest need that we have. We have, they're all great needs, but I asked them, would you rather have something else? And they said, no, a neonatal unit would be tremendous for us in this season of time. One of the things that's happening in South Sudan now is that people are coming home. And when I was at the Juba Teaching Hospital, a surgeon was returning from the north. In fact, he's the only orthopedic surgeon currently in South Sudan. He's working without an orthopedic surgical table. But he's there doing the work because he wants to help his nation. Uh, an OBGYN has returned from Zambia. There are only three pediatricians in this hospital currently. And so, but people are coming back. And if we can have the tools for them to work with, they'll be able to save lives and train others. This project will lift the health care of an entire nation. It's a beautiful opportunity to bring a tangible act of love to people who are in desperate need. When asked what the kingdom of God was like, Jesus said, it's like a seed which a man took and planted and it grew and it became one of the largest trees in the garden so that the birds of the air could come and perch themselves in its branches. We have a marvelous opportunity to plant a seed that will grow and provide a place for people to come and, and find care and help in its branches. South Sudan, the newest nation on planet Earth, the 54th on the continent of Africa, and the need there is tremendous. Everything is needed, truthfully. After decades of civil war, peace has come, but in the absence of war, we need to build a lasting peace and a culture and a structure for life that will allow a nation to grow forward. We can plant the seed of a neonatal intensive care unit in the teaching hospital in the capital of the South, Juba. And this seed will grow, and not only will it save lives, not only will it allow the medical personnel to do the work that they're trained to do, it'll actually keep wonderfully trained people in the country because these skilled technicians will have the tools they need to do the work that God has put in their heart to do, saving lives, training future classes of medical students. The connection with South Sudan and this time is so poignant, and it's my hope and prayer that we'll be able to rise to this opportunity and plant this seed so the kingdom of God can come near. 
So do you know what you did last year? We asked you to not spend as much and to hold that and, and with your compassion come and join for us on a Christmas Eve. And we wanted to put a water well in, a, in an Eastern African country. And you came and you gathered with us. And as, a, as just gathering together, you put together $37,000 that would, enabled us to put two water wells in that country and help save a village. And so in that same spirit, we've gathered here tonight, and I'm going to invite you to join with Pam and with me. And, and of course, this is, this is part of our, our regular weekend service, and so many of you have come here with your regular tithes and offerings, and we're going to allow you to do that tonight, give that. In fact, we're not only going to allow you, we want you to. So please do that. But, but if you've come prepared tonight to give in, and I hope you have, and even if you haven't, I want to let you know that you can go online and you can and, and, and give even this week towards this project. But we would like to be able to make it possible for this NICU unit to be placed in South Sudan because it will make a difference in a nation. It's not very often you get a chance to do that. And so I'd ask you to prepare yourself. Take an envelope and just write on it, Sudan. And everything designated toward that project will go directly to that project. And so please prepare yourself to do that. In just a moment, we're going to partake, or we're going to partake of this offering together and give in this offering. And so please prepare yourself to do that. If you're writing a check, just make it out to Erie First Assembly. And we will, again, we'll make sure that everything that needs to be designated, or everything that's designated will go to that project. And so please join with Pam and me this, this evening as we give toward this wonderful, wonderful opportunity. While you're doing that, I just want to say if, if you're here tonight visiting with us and you do not have a place where you worship on the weekends, we invite you to join with us every week on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock right here for a, for a great time of worship. And what you're seeing here tonight is basically what we do on Sundays, and so we'll think, think you'll enjoy that. Plus, we have great activities for the children. And so uh, please join with us if you have no place that you call home, a place where you worship. I'm going to invite the ushers to please come. So, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to worship you tonight. You gave a gift of your Son, and now you've given us opportunity to, to ex- express our love to you in the same manner by giving. And especially tonight, for what we can do for South Sudan, we ask that you, through the generosity of your people, will make this possible. So thank you for the, for the giving heart that is, is here tonight that's evident. And so now bless this and multiply it. Let lives be saved. That children be saved. We give you thanks for that in Jesus' name. Amen. While you're giving in the offering this evening, we want to share with you a video of a rendition of the Christmas story done by children eight years old and younger by the Anglican parish of Auckland, New Zealand. You'll enjoy this. really scared when the angel came to her. There was one main angel called Gabriel. He was just a boy angel. She had wings and she was all white. The angel said, you're going to have a special baby. And it was God's son. She was quite excited. A bit scared. And she was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have the son of God. And then she was like, I can't, I'm not married and stuff. Joseph, he was a builder. Mary told Joseph that she was having a baby called Jesus and it was God's son. He was like, what? Then Joseph saw the angel in a dream. 
I think Joseph was really scared. And then they went to Bethlehem. On a donkey. It would be quite hot. She had a baby in her tummy and she would have been really heavy. Can we stop anywhere with these houses? I had to try and find somewhere for Mary to have the baby. I went around a whole neighbourhood. No Everyone said no in an angry voice because it was the middle of the night. And keep it. He said, yeah, there's a barn type thing around the back. They had to go to a barn and have their baby. It had sheep. It was like all hay and animal poop and sheep and things. Jesus in one of those troughs. They call the baby Jesus and they loved him. He has two daddies, God and Jesus. They both needed to look after the baby. The angel told the shepherds to follow the star. three kings. They followed the star all the way to where Jesus was born. When they get to this table, they give Jesus the presents. got some angels as visitors too and then there was a giant star everyone was there then there was a party So we're going to celebrate like they do in New Zealand. Would you stand? And you can even sing with an accent if you like. And would you join with our worship team as we do one more final song of celebration, and I'll come back and close us in a prayer. Let's go. 
again in this holy season, O oh God, we listen to the words of promise spoken by Isaiah long ago. Every valley shall be exalted, every valley shall be exalted, and the crooked places made straight. Lord, even in the high and holy days that lie ahead, there will be valleys, quiet moments of aloneness and of desolation, and, and remembering loved ones absent, family members perhaps long gone in hopes that were never quite fulfilled, plans and promises long shattered, and there will be those crooked places also, when the worst that is in us springs to life again and the heart twists and the mind turns in upon itself, and we know jealousy and malice and anger and greed. For even in these highest days, we are still ourselves, your dreaming, hoping children who can yet stumble and fall, go far astray along the way. So now make our crooked places straight by your power, not our own, and exalt the valleys of our lostness and our loneliness with your love. And when the feasting is over and the last gift is opened and the final carol sung, stay with us and stay for us and hold us in your newborn yet eternal arms forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Have a very Merry Christmas.